This episode of With Love and Justice for All is brought to you by Bliss Books and Wine. Bliss Books and Wine is an independent black-owned bookstore for wine enthusiasts and book lovers. Listed as one of the black-owned bookstores in America that amplify the best in literature by OprahDaily.com, Bliss Books and Wine is your go-to for all your favorite titles, including ebooks and audiobooks. And when we buy from black-owned businesses, we are helping to create a world of racial equity. When ordering online, use the code 846BOOK for a 10% discount. That's 846-B-O-O-K for a 10% discount at blissbooksandwine.com. Exploring the healing and culture building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Hello and welcome to episode 95 of With Love and Justice for All, the official podcast of Project Sanctus. I am Reverend Ogan Holder here broadcasting to you on Canarsie and Muncie Lenape indigenous land. For those of you who don't know where that is, I'm in Brooklyn. I am in New York City uh, as I record this. um, And I'm here with my partner in crime consciousness and co-creation in Kansas City, Reverend Kelly Isla. How's the Midwest treating you today? It's hot. It's hot and humid. I know it's summer, but I don't know. I walked outside and, and I was like, oh, the new convection oven's been installed. (laughs) <laughs> it's surprisingly nice here in New York. Like New York can get nasty. Granted, we're only in June, so there's still plenty of time for it to get nasty. But uh, yeah, I went I went to a Juneteenth festival with my uh, daughter, one of the bazillions that are happening here in the New York metro area. Um, and we went out to Queens and I left and it was nice and warm. And I was like in shorts and a t-shirt. And I'm like, nah, this is good. And then... Two hours later, all of a sudden it got dark and it got chilly and people are shivering. And it's like, what happened? It dropped down to like almost 60 degrees last night for New York, which is kind of amazing from 85 this late in June, I think. But uh, yeah, but better than the sweltering swamp that it can be as we dive into summer. Enough weather, small talk. We got things to get to. (laughs) This is... We're doing a news uh, headlines episode today. We're calling it Ban the Bands and Other Headlines. Um, if you are happen to be new listening to our podcast, we, we tend to do this weekly or occasionally um, hit some headlines that you may have missed um, that um, are worth exploring. Um, and if you're new to the podcast, we are here having discussions around anti-racism, dismantling oppression, fostering liberation. Uh, with a special lean towards the challenges that arise as spiritual seekers. We are listened to all over the world, over 24 countries, all over the U.S. Um, and you can join in on our conversation if in real time. Um, we live stream this to Facebook generally Tuesdays and Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern. And yes, that word generally is doing a lot of heavy lifting. Good luck if you find us. Um, and you can also send us a message on the socials, uh, Facebook, Instagram, at Get Our Holy On. And leave a leave a message on our voicemail. I know how to talk. Four one three get holy or four one three four three eight four six five nine. If you don't have letters on your phone, 
And yeah, that's how you can connect with us. Uh, Kelly, tell us what we got coming up in our schedules uh, for people to participate in things. Absolutely. And I want to, just as you acknowledge the land that, um, that you're quote unquote sitting on, uh, I'm a, you know, settler sitting on uh, the land um, previously inhabited by Kaskaskia indigenous, which also includes Missouri and Osage and Choctaw, um, many uh, indigenous tribes and people. The first and third Wednesday of every month at 7.30 Eastern, we have our affinity groups. So the first and third Wednesdays. The first Wednesday is what we call our communal group. And um, in both groups and, and, you know, both times anyone is welcome to join. You go to the website to register, projectsanctus.com, uh, and look under events. You can find the affinity group. So first Wednesday is communal. The third Wednesday is the true affinity group or what might be called, sometimes are referred to as caucus um, group. So Reverend Ogan um, takes the, uh, facilitates the group with bodies of color or BIPOC or body of culture. Um, whatever um, language you use. And then I take the white body folks and facilitate a group because we each, uh, every person is impacted and traumatized by racism, but certainly in very different ways. And, and of course, different degrees um, of violence and oppression or for white bodies, it's internalized supremacy for non-white bodies, it, it manifests as internalized oppression. So first and third Wednesdays, go to projectsanctus.com. We have our 846 book club is back. We are starting on July 13th, which is a Thursday. Um, I think I got that. You know, you'd think by now we'd figure out, or I would, to have things up and ready to look at. <laughs> when you're going to talk about them. Uh, so it's five Thursdays starting July 13th, 7.30 uh, Eastern time. And it will go five Thursdays in a row. The last Thursday uh, of the book club will be August 10th. And we are doing the book This Here Flesh by Cole Arthur Riley. And she's just a phenomenal, amazing um, writer. And she thinks theologically, she thinks critically, but this is She's writing about her childhood and coming to her own. And she's um, you know, reflecting on stories of her grandmother and her father and embodied spirituality. And, and, um, and she's a black woman. And so it's very much the, um, the energy of, um, as a black woman, wom you know, and womanism and, and black theology and about lament and healing. And so it's just a, it's a compelling and inspiring and affirming contemplative stories. Uh, so join us for that. Um, and you can order your book from Bliss Books and Wine, our uh, black owned bookstore partner and use the book code 846book to get 10% off. And finally, you can um, support our podcast and all, all the things we do out in the world by through your donations. And you can visit projectsanctus.com slash donate um, to make a financial contribution. Uh, it's just Ogan and I. We are the interns and the administrative assistants, the CEOs, the mid-management, um, the coffee makers. So if you would like to help us keep the engine running, go to projectsanctus.com slash donate. I think my brain is having trouble today too. So maybe don't feel so alone. 
We right. are talking. We are talking about bands today, banning the bands, and a few other headlines. And we are. Uh, it's um, in June, and uh, it is Pride Month, so some of our stories are certainly focused on LGBTQ plus communities. So let's start. Are we ready to jump in? Because I'm really intrigued by this first one. Go first story. Go for it. How is the world on fire today? Let's find. Let's. Yes. Let's find yes. The world is on fire today. Uh, I found a uh, Unity of San Francisco. So if you don't know, Reverend Ogan and I are um, uh, our affiliations, our ordinations are from Unity. And um, so this past. Sunday, the 18th, Unity of San Francisco had Drag Queen Story Hour. And um, they were hosting a drag story hour for children. Um, and last, and so the person that was uh, featured, the Empress of San Francisco from last year is gonna be, you know, was read several inspiring children's books that highlight the importance of self-expression and acceptance and that everybody, children and families from all over the city are welcomed. And what it, what they said at Unity of San Francisco, what they said on their website is that drag is a beautiful form of joy that can be used to show the world that it's okay to be who you wanna be. Drag queens are important cultural icons who inspire creativity, promote inclusivity and acceptance, provide entertainment, empower communities, challenge gender norms, and contribute to the ongoing pursuit of equality for the LGBTQ plus community. So when I, I found this out, found this because on Facebook, there's a unity minister discussion forum that, you know, if you're a unity minister, you can have access to it. And there's all kinds of conversations that, that take place in there that largely um, I don't actually go visit much anymore because there's um, one, it's a little bit like an echo chamber and, and two, it just, um, uh, sometimes I just don't have the bandwidth for the racism and the sexism and, and the isms that are, are present. But I, and, and I struggled with telling this story about this drag queen story hour because it, when we do the headlines, we like to put good news at the end of the podcast. And uh, I, um, and this is good news to me. This is uh, fabulous. This is amazing. And the reason I wanted to start off with it though, is that somebody uh, within that Facebook group had posted this information and wanted to know what people thought. And, and it, it kind of, while there were some comments and I think there was 10 comments and eight of them were like, of course I would do this. And, or we did this already once, you know, before COVID or, or something like that. There was also uh, two things that were kind of, I found kind of disturbing. One, there was somebody that was very clearly, heck no, never, you know, why would you do this? And the, how few responses there were. And um, that was disheartening to me. And I don't know why I should be disheartened because I'm always picking on unity's, you know, uh, lack of, they, while want, they talk about inclusivity. <laughs> we just want everyone to do better and be better. Yes, 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 yes. And we have this, we have this like, I don't know, fantastical idea that we as unity ministers would be the ones always doing better and being better. But, you know, we're just people too. So. Yeah, I'm picking on them people though. <laughs> so the fact that there were so few responses for me, it was mm -hmm. the silence was deafening. And I'm like, you know, even if you, even if you don't, wouldn't have that, like, we can't even have a conversation 
Um, yeah. I, I certainly wouldn't want to hear that, oh, absolutely not. And the rhetoric that goes with, you know, the anti-trans messaging. Um, I think that's the thing that surprised me most. I'm not surprised by the silence because, you know, have you met us, one. And two, speaking for myself, I am not a frequent visitor to that group as as a unity minister for for a lot of reasons namely you know i find that that group tends to be um very much a conversation around uh with with ministers who are in churches um one and and i am not but also to your point sometimes it tends to um like be frustrating for me to read the conversations and exchanges and like not not want to jump in and lecture not want to jump in and go yeah. like you're like y'all are missing the whole point of right. everything sort of deal so it gets me in my judgmental space so i'd rather not be in my judgmental space so i don't forget the group a lot but i am generally surprised to hear you say that there were people who would say ministers who would say no to this and it makes me wonder is it no to the um potential like exposure to danger are they worried that you know some proud boys are gonna show up uh towed in rifles um depending on what state they're in are they worried about unnecessary exposure are they really folks who are buying into the anti-trans rhetoric it really makes me wonder but but that is surprising um that that would folks would be saying no and at and also i will and have to give a shout out to unity san francisco for being very like just forward on this and going like yeah no we're 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 doing this um you know granted granted it's a it's a it's a congratulations on a shout out with a tiny asterisk i mean they are in san francisco so i don't think right, right, right. I, I don't think it's really like yeah there's, going a, there's a codicil <laughs> right <laughs> Not really going out on a limb here, but um, but but drawing it to the attention of other churches to say, yeah, um, you know, here here's here's a way we as unique communities can be vocal about um, um, sup- uh, vocally. Here's how we can not just vocally, but in actuality, in practice, support the support the queer community, support the 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 drag community. Um, and and then in essence sending the message like yes this is a this is a safe space this is a welcoming place this is a place that that sees you as you are um and perhaps not all unity spaces are like that and yes well, you can you can not send perhaps me, you can send me emails we know it's not a perhaps Ogan. we know there are <laughs> churches that are are not welcome yes. spaces. I was, I was more I was more referring to the churches that believe that they are like some are very clear I think the people who said no in that in that chain were very clear that they're the people who are not welcoming but I think oh, there are many oh they would who, say uh, they were oh okay I'm, that's the that's part of my ah, you know I'm trying and, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to help them save face I guess I don't know I know don't, I you know I'll no, help don't. you I'll help tear it down um <laughs> The, the and knowing the the individuals who said heck no all right my educated guess is not because they're worried somebody's gonna come like the proud boys and bang on the doors and it's more about their ideology um, okay knowing the the uh, far right leaning hmm. um, 
uh, I'm like, yeah, although, although I, I don't actually know that for a fact, it's just when I see, you know, names, but we sure. also have ministers that don't believe there's such a thing as systemic racism. So well, those, that. those that sit there, there, you know, maybe there's some of them who also, you know, not putting drag queens in front of children because, you know, I'm not going to repeat the rhetoric, but they yeah. think it's dangerous and which is why I wanted to read that statement as well, but nice. um, a beautiful um, form of joy. It is. What, what is dangerous rhetoric that continues is these, these ridiculous anti-trans bans. So right. um, a few days ago, governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, signed a ban on trans women in college sports. Um, yeah. You know, so here's, here's, here's the thing. I actually had a friend um reached out to me recently and again folks this is why google exists this friend reached out to me <laughs> and was like you know this is like of all the anti-trans things like i'm against all of them except this one thing this makes sense it can't it's not fair for like a man or a male body to show up and compete against women the women don't stand a chance and i'm like okay let's break down exactly what is happening here because clearly you just buying into the headline so for an athlete especially at an elite level to for a trans athlete to compete especially if it's a a trans woman as in a person assigned male at birth and their um, identity is they're they're identifying as female they're trans where the where the unfairness comes from of course is rooted in biology you know the average man has a stronger bigger faster physique than the average woman okay again we're talking averages here Um, we know that this doesn't translate to the average elite female athlete versus the average male non-athlete i love just your everyday couch potato athlete men who are like yeah, if I play basketball with an NWA player, I could take her. I was like, yeah, and <laughs> she will take you to the woodshed and chop you in a bits. Like, what are you talking about, man? You know, right. you know, like male, male, like recreational men tennis players or like who are like, you know, amateurs. And they're like, yeah, we could take Serena Williams in your dreams. <laughs> right. She's retired and she'll still beat your ass. Um, That's right. But but when it comes to trans women, the the idea that we're doing it on a biology comparison um, and what makes uh, the man a man's average body bigger, stronger, faster is the increased levels of testosterone. So in order for, um, for people assigned male at birth often to compete in women's sports, they've had to be on an estrogen regimen or a testosterone reduction regimen for an X period of time so that when you take a measurement of hormones, like it's comparable to female athletes. And often what that results in is yes, again, on average, um, less musculature, less speed, less strength. Um, Less doesn't mean worse than, it just means quantitatively. Um, And when this happens, you will see that you will have women who were assigned female at birth, yeah, beaten trans women who were assigned male at birth because it's more of an equal playing field. Um, and, And on average, the people who are complaining about it most are the people outside of the sport, not the people inside of the sport. 
Um, I was recent reading the headlines recently, I forget which state it is. It might've been Missouri. It might've been Utah um, where, and it was, it was making, I know it was, it was like making all the headlines, this high school athlete, I think she was a high school female athlete complaining about how she was the fastest, uh, fastest girl in Utah until trans people were allowed to compete. And now it's robbing her of scholarship opportunities mm. and opportunities to win. The truth of the matter is when you looked into it is no, she did get scholarship opportunities. The trans women did not. And also she was being beat by trans women. She was being beat by cis women. She was kind of being beat by a lot of people <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, of, of different genders. So like when you dug into it, like the whole claim was just ridiculous. So between between this bill signing and then a few weeks ago, uh, Nikki Haley, who's trying to run for the Republican nomination president, talking about how trans women in sports is the biggest women's issue of our time. I'm like, oh, please. I'm like, really? <laughs> not not equal pay. Right, not, right, right, right. Or health care. You know, or health care. <laughs> but yeah, trans yeah. women competing is the biggest women's issue of our time. If a man had said that, I'd be like, well, it's a man saying that, you know, so maybe maybe that's me being that's maybe me being sexist. But I think that that coming from a woman is shocking. And when you look at the when you go looking at the data of how many that identify as transgender and non-binary in the population of the United States, we're talking about five and a half million people, you know, and now. How many of those are serious sports people? I, I, that yeah. number I don't know, but can we be real for a moment? Like, yes. think about it, people. Exactly, exactly. And um, as we've been reminding you our last few episodes, when we talk about these bans, what we're what the government is basically saying, who you are as an individual does not have the right to exist as you are. Um, and you don't right. have the right to participate in what brings you joy, pleasure, fulfillment, and meaning in life as you are. You need to conform to the standards of normalcy that we set in order to participate. So it's just a further invisibilizing, a further dehumanizing, and let's be clear, it's really just for political points. No one's really that. This like If this were such an issue, why why now and i think yeah. the, the why now has to do with a lot of things they've always been trans people absolutely i think i think and we i think we talked about this last episode for a lot of folks sometimes um existing outside of the norm was something that they kept maybe more on the quiet side but now because there's tending to be more of an acceptance and a welcoming folks are being visible vocal especially younger people who really have no fucks to give left they're like no you're not gonna you're not going to mandate my body um so so there is so it's it's i what's the so so it unfortunately it unfortunately because people are being more vocal it unfortunately feeds that narrative that 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 we're turning more people trans which is not true. Um, and, but people, the, 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 the metaphor, the analogy that I like is when they point to the graph of the sudden um, increase in left-handed people. Um, right. A, some decades back. And it wasn't because suddenly 
more people were becoming left-handed, it was because more people stopped trying to stop left-handed babies from writing with their right hands, right? right? When, they, when, they, when they learned that, hey, guess what? Being left-handed is not the curse of the devil. It's not going to impede your existence in the world. You're okay. Then all of a sudden, more people are left-handed, but they always were. And, and I am one of those people. I think I mentioned this before. I'm one of those people yeah. who was born yes. left-handed and have this distinct memory of when I was first coloring and, and scribbling. Yep. My mother kept putting the keep putting the pencil in my right hand, kept putting the crayon in my right hand. Um, and that's how I learned to be right-handed. And my brother, she did not do that for, because, you know, nine years later, the narrative around difference equals bad was gone. Yeah. Um, at least for that regard. So, so I think that's, that's, yeah, these bands are just well, and here, here's in terms of numbers for, you know, the, so the other, the other, in terms of the sports, Ohio is, you know, going uh, full on anti-trans in, along with, um, you know, of course, religious lobbyists, but they're going full on on this trans athlete ban as well with, with Texas and the, uh, the house bill they're putting forward is called the Save Women's Sports Act. Um, and, but when you start looking at the numbers, there's six, six, like one, two, three, four, five, six transgender girls that play sports in the whole state of Ohio. Wow. But we, but we got to hey, get a law in place to, you got to, you got to nip this in the bud today. There's six. If we don't do something now, there will be 66. That could double. That could double to 12 could double to 12. Next thing you know, it'll be 666. And that's the mark of the beast right there. That's the devil. That's the devil yeah. come manifest. So we got we got to nip this in the bud so evil does not take over the world. There well, we one of the things they were pushing with this in Ohio with this, this bill, this anti-trans legislation is even, um, I don't think, um, uh, I don't think, I think it got struck from the from the the final language of this bill that was put forward, but what they were also pushing for was to actually do physical examinations mm-hmm. of. Oh my god! You know, if please, don't. yeah, if tell me, tell me if, that. Well, it's true. I'm sorry, but if they, uh, um, you know, if if whomever you know in charge of sports in the school, you know, thinks that a student is uh, identifies as transgender, then we need to check their their genitalia, like a physical exam. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and it just, again, exemplifies and amplifies what you said about um, um, invisible, you know, invisibilizing and just erasing and really just saying you're not okay. Um, Not at all. Not not at all the way that you are. Um, And I just, it really, you know, I was reading some of these articles and what we were going to talk about today. And I, I really, I started crying because um, I just got overwhelmed. I have, um, you know, um, transgender family members and, yeah. uh, and it just really keeps hitting closer and closer to home. And um, yeah. yeah, so yeah. I have I <laughs> just, I, I don't, I can't even imagine. Uh, so I can't even imagine like being, uh, someone, you know, of these 5 million people that are being um, just 
work the you know legislation in every state working hard to um to make them go away and make them not count and say you don't you don't matter and uh I, it's I, I, it, it we need the rest of so there's five and a half million people that identify as transgender or binary so we need the other 325 million in the u.s to to speak up yeah to stand up you don't get to be silent yeah yeah Please. exactly 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 um someone not being silent is sir elton john yeah who has said he will no longer do residencies in the u.s because um of the taking us backwards going backwards disgraceful um anti-lgbtq laws and i ain't mad at you elton i am not mad at you at all yeah 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 he's he's discovering um just how discriminatory and he, he calls out florida in particularly shocker um and he um and and uh the elton john aids foundation um i'm you know uh is you know when aids first came out it was the you know the gay disease and um um anyway he i'm i'm actually surprised that it took him this long to to uh, say no to to coming here or to doing show you know particular you're saying no to particular venues or places yeah um i'm not i'm not trying to be i mean i'm glad that he did and speaking out i just i wish there were more like him and that they'd started sooner and they'd get louder well, and bigger a whole lot more quickly i'm not surprised it took this long because remember it's only within the last what two to three years that these anti-trans that the anti-trans anti-drag fervor has really steamed up in the u.s and and all of these laws are being passed right we got we, we've been talking about this before we're going to mention it again today that like like the legislations the, the laws being proposed in the state houses is like increasing at an exponential rate so you know yeah. you weren't you weren't you weren't seeing these extent of laws being passed three four years ago like it's it's become it's become the new trendy thing to do if you're a republican um if you're in a republican controlled state and house majority or whatever it, it's like they're doing and this is the thing it's like they're doing it for doing its sake you know it's the so exactly where where the children that are being harmed that need to be protected and then again why are you not doing anything about guns why are you not doing anything about the pedophile priests like uh you know why aren't you doing why aren't you enacting laws to prevent the things that are actually harming the children not in your imagination harm <laughs> yes and guns is now uh death by guns is now the number one has yeah. hit the top of the list of the number one killer of children. It was yes. in the number two spot, but now it has. Now it's number these, one. Yep. How many uh, mass yeah. shootings were there over uh, the Juneteenth weekend? I, uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know because dry queens. Like I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know about guns. I don't know about anything. I don't know about my children really being at harm because I've been told dry queens are bad. So. Let's oh right ban the ban the drag queens and our children will be okay yeah don't worry about the guns don't worry about the guns be, yeah God. 
somebody somebody in a wig and is and makeup and a dress is definitively more dangerous um and uh for me it's it's hard to again it's hard to put myself in that headspace so i don't i don't even try i don't even try um to do that we're not gonna we're not gonna understand um let's go let's talk about these uh the anti-trans the bills tracker um the anti-trans bills tracker because i don't i don't think most people know that you can actually track what your own state is doing now granted you have to care there's, there's that. And then you actually have to use your computer um, or your phone. Go to translegislation.com. Again, right. translegislation.com. Put a link in the show notes and on Facebook. Um, but you go there and you can click on your state and see mm-hmm. see what the legislation is. So let's see. I'm in New York right now. And they are uh, two anti-trans bills in New York in 2023. Um, There's the bill to protect women's sports in middle school and high school from unfair competition. Um, And they're, well, those are, they're two bills. They're they're two two bills bills. for the same issue. Yeah. For the same Um, issue. And it's the sports thing. I think that's a, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's where, I think most of that's where I think, like you said, your friend, you know, kind of got tripped up by the, uh-huh. the sports thing um, and the the unfair advantage or belief that there's an unfair advantage. Um, right. I think that's that's one of the a difficult hurdle for for people who otherwise are, you know, like what an anti-trans bill. But then when you start talking about sports, so I um but there are multiple um, of these. Uh, what are what are in that um, other the Save Women's Sports Act? Yeah. Um, so and that's sweeping across uh, the nation. Although I don't think that's part of New York. Um, Let's see what's going on in Missouri. Forty-three yes, bills. Right. Jesus. So I yeah I know. Forty. Well, 40. I actually I yeah. So I went and dug down a little deeper. Forty. Yes, forty-three in Missouri. Okay, um, just for comparison, we give Florida a hard time. Only 14 in Florida, right? Texas, the other yeah. scary place. Ooh, Texas got you beat. 64 anti-trans bills um, in, in Texas. I don't even know what state this is. Oh, South Dakota, there's five. Um, is that where Zoe, what's her name is? Isn't that South Dakota? I don't remember. No, she's in Montana. Oh, let's go to Montana. I don't know. Yeah, where the, Montana the governor is. of South Dakota is one of those scary. Um, Where's Montana? Okay, there really, it is. Really US geography. <laughs> I'm not from this country. Okay. Okay. Shoot, there are probably a lot of people born here who don't know where Montana is. Ten anti-trans yes. bills. Yeah, and uh, I but knew look it was at how like many one of the northern, northern midwestern states. Yeah, kind of got there. But so there's ten, and there ten that were put forward. Uh, Seven of past. Seven of past. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I did a little digging. Um, yeah. And, and even in Florida, you know, when you look at each state, it puts these legislation, these bills into different categories. And there's always an other. Um, but uh, so for Missouri, the four categories are other education, 
healthcare, and um, sports. In Florida, it's other education, healthcare, and bathroom. <laughs> and sadly, um, that's one of them that's passed is the facility requirements based on sex. Mm. Um, I don't even know how that works. Like, what do you do? You peek over people's stalls or, or, you know, they're standing at a urinal and you have to, you look over and check. Like, I don't even know how that works. Um, so yeah, so I did, I looked at Missouri and, um, yeah, 43, 43, which is almost 10% of all bills that have been introduced anti-trans bills that have been introduced into state legislatures this year alone, almost 10% coming out of Missouri. Um, but, you know, our Senator Josh Hawley, the one who was running away in the video on January 6th, yes. um, he's a he's a staunch, he's the one that gave that proud boy fist to the crowd outside. Yeah, um, yeah that's that's our leaders leadership here in Missouri. But so I, I dug a little deeper into these 43 bills. And what I discovered was that, um, so 13 of the 43 relate to healthcare. And when you start reading, they have different titles like, you know, MO, HB 1157 and, and other HB, you know, different numbers. And as I, it took me a little time. So yeah, you need to go find your state and do a little research. But what I discovered is that these 13 healthcare uh, um pieces of legislation that are related to healthcare, they all are about relating to uh, gender healthcare uh, procedures or gender health, you know, healthcare, affirming gender, you know, healthcare, or, or rather banning it. And, um, but what's, what's so, so disgusting about it is that you could have the same description for like four different bills, but each one is just a little slippier, a little more slippery, is that a word, than, than, uh, than another one, but it's all designed to, to ban healthcare for um, anyone who identifies as transgender, um, whether child or adult. Um, then when you look at like the sports one, you know, there's of course that Save Women's Sports Act that that's getting pushed, you know, forward. Um, and, and driving the boat on not having students participate in athletic uh, events. Um, but um, five of those 10 are around just looking at athletic events where are organized by sex and establishing guidelines, which means banning, you know, you, you know that means we have to check, check your genitalia to see if you're really, you know, female so that you could really participate in women's sports. And it just, the more I read, the more disgusted I got. Um, and I think as disgusted as I got, it also sort of drives me. Um, it's, you know, sure. like you said before, rather than being enraged, get outraged. Like I, I get a say in some of this. I can, I can write to people. I can, you know, have other people write and, um, and you I, can and you can vote. You can show up to school yes. board meetings. You can vote. Yes. You can show up to town hall meetings. You can show up to your local elections and and vote on these things and vote on these people who continue to dehumanize others. That's 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 where you have your say. Um, yeah. In things, I I read and, uh there was it was just in the news last week and I meant to put it in our list but didn't. There was some 
like stupid little league baseball game or something and there was a girl who yes i don't know if you saw this i did who, you know has a it was in canada in Canada, pixie cut haircut. That's right, because they were yep. they were rightly blaming the U.S. infection of anti-trans yep. rhetoric. Um, so it's a little girl. She's again assigned female at birth. Is not trans in any way. Just a girl with a short haircut. But apparently, she's doing exceptionally well at the game. And some parent or grandparent of grandparent the, of a, grandparent, a a player on the other team is like accusing her of being a boy and apparently um was trying to get the umpires or game officials yeah. to verify again yes. duh how verify that it's a girl playing even though well, her the mom other, the is other... there saying like no this is this is my daughter she's a hundred percent girl like right. what are you doing right now but this is sort of what it's come to well part of his the 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 racist, bigoted, anti-trans, anti-anything other than Christian white nationalism, is um, that uh, it's two moms. It wasn't oh, the right. heterosexual right. man and woman. I that, that part. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, so that that set him off. Because, her, because she has two mothers, she must be, and she's got short hair and plays really well, she must be transgender. Ugh. Ugh. And yeah. All right. Well, so wait, let me let me add one more ugh, yes. um, to to that is that and then and then some those, good news. Yes, yes, I know. Well, it'll be a good lead in uh, that of those 43 bills that have been put forward in the Missouri uh, legislature, there's two that have passed. And one of them is establishes the quote unquote safe act, S-A-F-E, which is about public funding you know, whether or not to provide public funding for, you know, gender health care, um, uh, transgender health care, and um, whether child or adult. But th that's not, that's one that's disgusting enough, but it's the, what SAFE, S-A-F-E stands for here in Missouri, Save Adolescents from Experimentation. Oh, Jesus. And that passed. Wow. Establishes wow. the Missouri Save Adolescents from Experimentation Act, the SAFE Act. And the minute I saw experimentation, I, of course, my head immediately went to Nazi Germany. And, um, you know, because that's what uh, experiment experimenting on humans was such a big part of um, the Nazis' violence. Oh, and, I, and, and, I'm, and I'm sure... It was intention that rhetoric was intentionally used to conjure up that image because that's the rhetoric, right? That uh, yeah, that that we're allowing we're we're allowing yeah. children to be experimented on because right. again, there's this narrative that there's this narrative that that um, um, parents who don't know any better are allowing their children to have genital change surgeries again not a thing happening for minors because right. already already the law in the states was in in almost every state was um no we gonna we'll start you on regimens of like hormones and puberty blockers and all that sort of stuff um um gender assignment surgery would come much much later if it came at all while the while the person was still a minor and then would need parental yeah. permission and i find it really sad irony 
that the people who are the people who are like you know the parents are behind who are behind the book bands are saying we the parents know best for our children but then it's like we the parents know best but you the parent who who supports your child in this does not know best so we have to create laws we have to create laws yeah. to teach you how to be the best parent and it's like yeah do you not see the irony here at, at, no. at all apparently no not. apparently not. no that's that's what's so scary about this you know fascist country we're becoming yes um but not all the way fascists thankfully i never thought i'd say this out loud but the supreme court did a good thing yes <laughs> they did a good thing um in a five to four ruling um they ordered alabama to redraw is congressional map and add a second majority black district um, sort of basically in defense of section two of the voting rights act because because of the of the gerrymandering that was happening in yep. the state they basically basically removed removed the opportunity for a um, a, a vast a, a big part of the state that was like majority um black inhabitants, almost all black inhabitants from actually electing one of their own to represent them. And the Supreme Court was like, yeah, no, that's that's not okay. And again, remember the makeup of our current Supreme Court, right? It is, yep. what is it, 6-3 uh, um, six, three, six, three Republican, is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. Yeah, it's in, not just Republican, but, <laughs> you know, well, we do some have that would probably be considered rhinos. But right. we got but we got some got some moderates very... in there. We got some moderates in there. Couple. Um, but we 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 have to, otherwise we wouldn't come up with this five four um, vote that said that that is a bridge too far. And and that's what we have to understand, folks. It's like it's like since you know, in everything, but you know, let's stay in the context of the voting. What was it, twenty twelve, when they when they gutted major portions of the Voting Rights Act, declaring that we're suddenly post racial. I don't know because yeah. we have a black president, and again, the vote, the Voting Rights Act uh, mandated that in certain states that had a history, a history of voter suppression, of overt illegal voter suppression, like they needed basically the Justice Department's um, seal of approval in order to right. carry out their voting practices, to carry out how they drew congressional maps, uh, the voting requirements that they had in the state. And in 2012, you know, Supreme Court said, you know, I don't I don't think we need all these in place anymore. We're, you know, we as a country are doing okay. And I shit you not, with the day of that passing, states like Texas are filing new rules to enact more voter suppression. Um, yep. and we and we've seen it pile on and on and on. And folks will continue to push the envelope, find out where the edges of that are, because again you know, and Republicans are the ones who are, it's not the gerrymandering doesn't happen on both sides, but when you look at the ratio of yeah. it happening, Republican to conservative, overwhelmingly Republican states and districts, because they're very clear, they don't have policies that are going to win over the majority of people, right? right. Will, they, will they win over some people? Absolutely. The majority, no. So we've got to figure out some other ways to ensure victory, some of that is again 
through gerrymandering um, and picking your voters. Some of them is through, again, these weird voter suppression tactics that, that work within the law. Um, but a lot of it also is, again, as we've been talking about this whole episode, episode creating um, false narratives around the need to quit, you know, protect children um, and the harm that's being caused by, you know, letting people live whoever they want to be or by, you know, letting people learn about history or as yeah. my favorite meme goes, you know, the people the people who wanted to keep school segregated are now upset that in school you're learning about their efforts to keep school segregated. So, right. um, so that's, that's that as well. So, so good for the Supreme court. You, you came through on this one, but as I always they, like to say, they have a, so they have a, uh, a string of one. <laughs> as I like to say, a broken clock is right twice a day. So, yeah, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to sort of, Yay, and let's see. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm not that trusting. Yeah, we're not um, and, we're not lifting you up as paragons of justice just No, yet. no, no, more <laughs> paragons of well look at Clarence Thomas and Roberts, like paragons yeah. of yeah, yeah, yeah. of yeah. yeah. Um, but speaking of uh, voting, I want to talk about what the Minnesota governor just did um, uh, in May enacted the what's called the Democracy for the People Act. And this is a huge deal, huge deal. And it's actually uh, variations of this are moving into uh, legislation in Louisiana, in Washington. I think New Mexico already has its own version. Uh, but what it is, is it's it's actually it's the it's for pro voting priorities. Um, so you know enough of this voter restriction and voter um, intimidation and um, uh, deception and you know just more and more Republicans trying to or very conservative Republicans trying to as you just were talking about the gerrymandering and voter suppression and you know needing to like they did in Florida where you need to pay off your if you're okay we're going to let um, parolees vote but but you can only vote if you pay off your fines of which none of them could do that so um, and they just kept squeezing um, you know who could vote and how and why but what Minnesota governor did was this democracy for people act is um, um, it, that making voting a, a source of pride right rather than it being this threat to power um, but making it a source of pride and so a few of the provisions that I really love is um, you know that establishing automatic voter registration at a lot of state agencies you know rather than making it difficult you got to go fill out stuff and paperwork but uh, ways of establishing automatic voter registration um, permit voters to opt into a permanent absentee voter list um, so they will voters would automatically be sent a mail-in ballot on every election rather than you have to keep asking for it um, put strengthen the penalties for voter intimidation and deception um, there's I mean we've seen it in in you know this past fall uh, people standing at voter register voter you know uh, election places yeah. It, yeah but I mean people in line to vote but then you see other people in masks you know and wearing camouflage and 
um, you know, in states that you can carry weapons, you see them holding weapons. I'm like, if that is intimidating, I'm not sure what is. Um, and, and passing laws where you can't give food or water to somebody standing in line. Um, there were countless stories I heard of someone was driving uh, someone with disabilities to go vote and that wasn't allowed. And I'm like, oh my God. So um, strengthening the penalties for that kind of stuff and, and expanding the language, right? So more voting materials in more languages, which gives you know, more people access to, to this, you know, I'm here in the US, I wanna vote, I have something to say. And I think one of my favorite provisions of this Democracy for the People Act is that allowing 16 and 17 year olds to pre-register to vote. And what that means, uh, and you know, when I first heard about it, I'm like, huh, so, you know, I wonder what that is. Like, why would we wanna do that? Well, the reason we wanna do that is that uh, rather than for somebody having to wait till they're 18 to vote, which likely for, for many, it means I could only vote when it comes to the, the final presidential you know, election. And, but I wasn't old enough to vote for the primaries so that the person that I would want to lead, you know, I can vote for to help ensure that they get to be one of the presidential candidates. So allowing 16 and 17 year olds to pre-register to vote um, gives them, um, you know, able to access um, uh, elections a little bit easier and, and having more of a voice and, and part being part of the process, right? That source of pride. So this was, this was one of my favorites for the week to expand voting possibilities. I like it. I like it very much. Um, I also like what Illinois did, and I think we mentioned this before as well, but it's worth mentioning again, Illinois uh, passes a ban on book bans. So basically the idea is they uh, decided Limit. to say to public libraries, you're no longer allowed to ban books. Um, Illinois will prohibit book bans in its public schools and libraries, uh, the governor signed the bill, and the law takes effect uh, next year. Um, he says, um, while certain hypocritical governors are banning books written by LGBTQ authors, but then claim in censorship when the media fact checks them, we are showing the nation what it really looks like to stand up for liberty. Yep. I am 100% behind this. I hope more states do it and also, while we're talking about this, shout out to, uh, I think it's New York Public Libraries, who basically have said to anyone anywhere in the country, if there's a book that is banned where you are, um, you can join us virtually, um, get a virtual library card, and we will send it to you. Right. Um, well, you know, it's kind of, I'm not sure how many of these book banning people really get, um, like, how many actual physical books are kids checking out as opposed to ebooks? <laughs> um, well, yeah, that you know, uh, listen. As a person who has tried, as a person who does his best to borrow ebooks from a library, it's a laborious process. That's a, like it's just easier to walk in and buy a, uh, to borrow a physical book, and um, and a lot of people, surprising, a lot of people do it. I like in my circle of friends surprising yeah, but you're old. people wow 
I was wow. talking elementary school. <laughs> wow. That, wow. Okay. Wow. Wound me. Wound me. Yes. Um, no, I know. I you think, already said I you were tired. A... <laughs> <laughs> I'm the kind of kick them when they're down. That's, that's uh, clear, me. Clearly, clearly, <laughs> clearly very much. Uh, so, so thank you, Illinois, and thank you, New York, for uh, New York yes. Public Libraries, at least for having some. I love that. Good, some good sense. By the way, uh, uh, I, I think that all these parents who are trying to get book bans enacted have missed the cardinal rule about um, being a parent and about child rearing, which is, if you want your kid to do something, tell them not to do it. Uh, yeah. Well, right? yes. Totally. Yeah. So you keep you have you keep banning these books. That's the only reason now kids are going to want to read them because yeah, they're going to want to know what's in there that you're um, not allowing listen, me to read. A lot of kids have reported. We never even heard of these books before we were told we couldn't read them. I and know. now they want to read them. I know. I love so it. Maybe we do want more book bans then. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. Maybe that sounds mm. very sinister. Right. <laughs> Sometimes reverse psychology works. Yeah. So we got, I think, one more good story, just briefly. Um, it was in the, the Washington Post uh, yesterday, and it's the, the story of Katanji Brown Jackson's ancestors who were enslaved and her husband's um, ancestors who were enslavers. Um, and it's just really um, the Supreme Court Justice Katanji Brown Jackson um, and it's just, for me, I, I read it and it was just a beautiful story in terms of, um, uh, just, you know, these such divergent paths and to know that, so if I'm her husband, right. Uh, um, then, you know, if I'm Patrick Jackson and my family were enslavers, like my ancestry, um, and then here I am, you know, in college at Harvard, I meet this wonderful black woman whose ancestors were enslaved, who I'm, you know, at the time, um, I'm sure Patrick Jackson was not quite as uh, familiar with his ancestry as he is today, but it's just this very, um, it's just a wonderful story where you get to see the sort of the genealogy and the ancestry, like back to, you know, in, in Patrick Jackson's um, um, lineage, you know, back 10th great grandfather or, um, but I just really, I don't know, I just found it moving and um, kind of bittersweet, like there's hope and that, um, and to be able to have that conversation. Like, I, I, I guess I'll try to imagine if I were, you know, married to, to um, if I was in that, you know, relationship and I'm married to a black man and having the conversation about, you know, my husband's ancestors were enslaved and my ancestors were the enslavers. Now, in this case, I made sure I, I kept reading because I'm like, wait, they're not going to go to Patrick's family enslaved her family. Like, I was really afraid it was going to go right. there because I've seen that. But um I don't know. It just but but the 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 thing that you're that you're um, kind of highlighting here is that the way to get to the point where you can be unified, where you can be together, where you can be in harmony together, is by having the conversation, not avoiding it, right? right. 
So, um, so much of the rhetoric is like, let's ban the books, let's ban the teaching, let's ban the history because it's divisive because it only brings up past sufferings. And when we, so therefore, if we don't go there, then we can all just happily coexist as one. And that's, that's the opposite of what really yeah. works. What really works is when you do have the conversation, when you do acknowledge that we come from very dis, uh, different uh, backgrounds and, and different paths, and we acknowledge that our ancestors were not on equal footing and acknowledge that systemically today, we're still not on equal footing, but just the acknowledgement of that and the conversation around it is, is what gets you to us. So now how do we make it work for us given all these things? But if you don't have the discussion around what the things are, then they're just going to continue to exist um, um, underneath and mm -hmm. destroy from within. So there, so, so, so that, that uh, uh, relationship is, is a nice, is a nice metaphor for like, yes, yes, we can be different and yes, we can get along, but we can't do it unless we really have some tough conversations about we are different people and there's different rules and different things that ap apply. Um, and we, we have to understand that that doesn't just vanish because we ignore it or that because, you know, we choose to love each other. It's, yeah. it's more it's more complicated than that and more nuanced than that and you know americans we love our nuance we do it so well yeah yep it's called right to comfort there you go there you go but i um, i just wanted to point out the story and we'll put the as you said the link in the show notes and you know have people go read it um yeah i think what's it also as far as you know patrick jackson is concerned it um I think it's also a really good example of, you know, he didn't create, um, you know, like me, the white body, I didn't create the system of racism and, um, but I'm also responsible for, you know, deconstructing and not sliding into that white guilt and white fragility um, kind of thing. And I think his, his, when looking at his part of the story is a good example of that, like not shying away from who his ancestors were. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, all right. Let's end on that high note, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's do that. Um, and uh, remind you who are listening um, that you can find more information about us and the work we do at projectsangus.com. Join us for affinity group, join us for a book study. You can go and register now um, at projectsangus.com. Click on the 846 book club tab, um, get more information, uh, sign up for uh, the study of this here flesh. Um, thank you for sharing with your friends about our podcast and Again, as always, we're on all the podcast platforms. And if you have that one friend who doesn't know what a podcast is still, um, you can find us on the old school interwebs at withloveandjusticeforall.podbean.com. Uh, and you can donate to us to help keep this train running at projectsanctus.com. Um, so I think that's it. And until we meet again. Let's get our holy on. Uh,